You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe uses Philippians 3 verse 20 to talk about how our true citizenship is in heaven. Thank you for uh, making this part of your Saturday morning plan. We are Every Nation Canberra. We are a family of churches that exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. We started December with a series called The Life Called to Worship. We started with While We Wait, patiently waiting for the Lord. We worship Him. Uh, We also had Aaron talk about when the world puts you on the spot. And then Nathan talking about the book of Habakkuk, yet I will rejoice in spite of my trials and tribulations. We will end the year with Behold, I make all things new, and Gans will be joining us for that. Today we are celebrating our sort of Christmas get-together, and we are talking about the fourth series, A Life Called to Worship, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes. I'll show you two figures here of one particular item. Who could give me a wild guess what these figures represent? Airfare. Wow, that was good. We went to Manila in October, and this is what we had to pay for a round trip from Canberra, Sydney, Manila, and back. If you intend to go to Manila tomorrow, this is what you're going to pay from Sydney to Manila via Qantas and Cebu Pacific, back home, return. Why is it so expensive to travel during Christmas? Why? Because it's Christmas. Everyone wants to go home for Christmas, right? And for those who want to be home or somewhere else this Christmas, the song ends, you know, when we played a while ago, I'll be home for Christmas. It ends with... If only in my dreams, right? We all wish to be home for Christmas. If only in our dreams, if only we can, right? We would be home for Christmas. Because there is no place like home. Most of you have traveled and you know how it feels like, you know, even if you're in a nice place, you're staying in a plush hotel, nothing beats, you know, a warm, cuddly feeling in your bed, right? There's no place like home. Where is home? Where is home? This is a house in Curtin that was sold in 2018 for 1.9 million. It's a seven-bedroom house. And you cannot get this house for that price now. This would probably be four or five million. I don't know. But if you got this house three or four years ago, you'd be very, very rich now, right? If you had the money to buy this, you can call this your home now. But is this really your home? Nine years ago, when we were driving from Sydney to Canberra, on our first day here in Australia as migrants, I saw this sign on M7. It says, Canberra, 258 kilometers. I was driving for the first time from Sydney to Canberra, and it was a surreal feeling. I just realized that this will be our new home from now on. There was no turning back. We left everything in the Philippines. We all have our PR, our uh, citizenship, and uh, residency uh, stories, right? All of us have our own stories to tell. Many of us, I think almost all of us, if I can say, 
we call Australia our home now, right? And today, I want to talk about citizenship, the kind that the Bible speaks about. So our verses are from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. And may I encourage you to open your Bible apps or open your Bibles and read through Philippians, chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. And if we can have someone read our verse today, please. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform lowly bodies so they be like his glorious body. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Your reminder that we are citizens of heaven and our residency belongs to where you are and who you are in our lives. As we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Feliz Navidad, right? Merry Christmas, Maligayang Pasko. Do we have uh, Christmas in our dialects? Different. How do you say Christmas in Ilocano? Same. How about in Bisaya? Maupay nga Pasko. Merry Christmas in... <laughs> Social ka. Yes. Okay. So, it's interesting to note that this verse says, our citizenship is in heaven. At the end of the day, this is the only citizenship that matters. I'd like to share with you a story of a good friend of mine. Uh, I actually asked his permission if I could share his story. He came here to Australia 30 years ago, and just like you know, the migrants from way back, he started with odd jobs. He was able to finish his uh, accountancy course in Sydney. And to cut the long story short, he became, after really working hard, he became the CFO of a global company, which is one of Australia's biggest consulting firms. He left all of that now, and is now living a simple life in Canberra. You know what made him make that choice? He was like a man who knows what he wants in life. He wants to be successful, he wants to be rich, I want to go there, I want to be up there. One day he came home early, and his daughter, five-year-old daughter, eldest daughter, ran away from the front door and went to her mom and said, Mom, there's a stranger in the house. And that really dawned on him. He leaves early in the morning, he comes home late at night when the kids are asleep. So he left, my friend left Sydney because of that. He said, I cannot bear the fact, the thought that my kids will grow up not knowing me. And his wife said, you know, he's, he's married, he's Filipino, by the way, married to an Australian. His wife said, when I married you, it didn't matter if we lived in a tin can house. And his friend, very close friend, he said, why are you leaving? You are being groomed to be the next CEO of this company. It's a multi-billion dollar Australian company based in Sydney, and they're all over the place. He said, no, I cannot sacrifice my family for my career. A few years later, this friend of his, who was actually encouraging him to stay, became the CEO 
of this big company. And he has been the CEO of this company for the last 25 years. He made it big, really, really big. But in the process, he lost his family. Was it really worth it? Name a major city in the world, and this guy has a property there, an apartment, a house. His son, who lives in Melbourne, he gets to travel the world twice a year. His dad gives him a round-trip ticket around the world every year. Every two years, his dad would buy him a brand-new sports car. His son lives in Melbourne, but he doesn't speak to him. His wife divorced him. And just lately, he started looking after his employees, giving them higher pay, making sure that they were well taken care of. But the shareholders of this big company said, that's supposed to go to my uh, dividend, and you're giving it away to the people. And because of that, even, at the, even after being at the helm of the company for 25 years, he was asked to step down. He was devastated. He owns a lot of properties. He doesn't worry about money at all. He just probably swipes a card without even looking at the price. But now he is lost. He has nowhere to go. At the end of the day, with all the things that you do, what really matters? What really matters? The context of this passage is important because prior to Paul's revelation of this truth, he was speaking in verse 19 of those who walk as enemies of the cross. These are the individuals who are more concerned about their uh, personal needs, their personal pleasures, and temporal desires rather than Christ. And this is what Paul said of them. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. How do we prepare for that day? My friend who left all of it, I was talking to him last Monday, and he was telling me that he's been going through some challenges in life emotionally because his dad has only one kidney left, and that remaining kidney was only functioning 30%, meaning his body is being poisoned already. And he's 84, and the doctor said he cannot um, undergo a kidney transplant. So it's just a matter of making the most of, out of what is left in his life. And his mom has a hole in her heart. And he knows that it will just be a matter of time before his parents will pass on. And I asked him, I was just curious, because my mom is old already. My wife's, Bing's mom is 94, and she's old. And I said, how do you prepare for the time when your dad or your mom will pass on? And I was just inspired by his answer. You know what he said? He said, I, will, I know I will see them again in our grand reunion in heaven. I don't know if many of people you know would be able to have that state of mind or answer that question in that manner. When someone you love dearly dies, how would you deal with it? How would you prepare for it? Regardless of the situation, whether you know 
uh, it's a terminal illness. No one can ever prepare for the day when your loved one will pass on. But he said, I know I will see them again in our grand reunion in heaven. He's a Christian, by the way. You know, I was going over my old stuff, and I saw a bunch of Philippine passports that I had. You know, we keep them. And I remember I would have to pay several hundred dollars if you want to travel to the States, right, to get a visa. But my blue Australian passport will get me to 185 countries without having to apply for any visa. Our passport is currently ranked number nine in terms of uh, the ability to travel to as many countries as you want. But that citizenship that says Australian citizen in your passport is only temporary. We start as temporary residents, we work our way up to become permanent residents, and one day we go to a hall where we're given a certificate that says you're now an Australian citizen. Our true citizenship is in Christ. Our true citizenship is in heaven. If that's the case, then we are just temporary visa holders here in this world. And this is something that we have to come to grips with. This is not our permanent residence. The book of Hebrews talk about the heroes of faith, Noah, Moses, Abraham, Jacob. And it says, all these people were still living in faith, or by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting this people of faith were admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their father, their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, if we're not really permanent residents of this world, now how do we live our citizenship in heaven as we are here in the now? We are in a state of already there but not yet. How do we live that now? We live that in worship. And as we end our gathering today, I'd just like to remind all of you of this aspect of worship that many of us take for granted. Why? Because we're all busy. And I'm not saying that busy is bad. We too can be very, very busy just like the guy I told you about. And in the process, he lost the people that matters most to him. As we all get too busy with the season and most of us get too preoccupied with the future that we all worry about, may we all be reminded this season that your time, your precious time, is the greatest response that we can give to Jesus who gave his life and shed his blood so that we can have this citizenship in heaven. So how do we worship the Lord with our time? I'd like to share six practical and doable ways on how we can worship the Lord with our time. Apart from the work that we do, which I hope you're not overdoing, because I know some people who are just like workaholics, what occupies your thoughts? What keeps you awake at night? In those dull and lull moments of your life, what's on your mind? 
A lot of things I know. But here's one thing that we can do, and we can do without exerting any extra effort to worship the Lord with our time. Let's start our day with the Lord. Every day when you wake up, do you realize that there are a lot of things competing with your time with the Lord? Number one, your cell phone. Most of us have it by our bedside. I know of people who put them in another room just so when they wake up in the morning, they would not pretend to read their morning devotion but just end up browsing Facebook and the Instagram posts of their friends, right? And by the time you know it, it's already late and you have to jump out of bed and rush to work. Be intentional. Start your day with the Lord. I don't know what your morning routine is, but use that routine to take time to talk to the Lord. Number two, make prayer something that you do intentionally, not when you just feel like you need to ask God something. You know, God wants to be intimate with you. He is always there. It is us who forgets, not Him. So make prayer a daily habit. I don't know, we sometimes fail. We sometimes pray only when we think we need to pray. But make it a habit to communicate with God every single moment of the day. Not just in the morning when you wake up. See, when you're walking and you see a bright blue sky, birds chirping, pray to God. Thank Him for that. Pray. Number three, be thankful. A lot of people I know, they just worry and they complain. We have a lot of things to be thankful for. We just don't make the effort to identify them. Make sure that when someone asks you, even now, if I ask you right now, what are you thankful for? A lot of people cannot answer you straight away. Make sure that when someone asks you what are you thankful for, you'll be able to say something to them. And this means that you know that the many things that you take for granted are actually blessings from the Lord. And having a heart of gratitude is our way of worshiping the Lord with our time. Number four, turn your worries, turn your complaints. I know we love to complain. Turn them into praise and worship. Worship the Lord in the middle of your trials. That's what we've been talking about the past few weeks. When you are put on the spot, when things are not going your way, when God is asking you to wait, worship the Lord and thank Him, even if you don't see what lies ahead. Lean not on your own understanding of how, how life works. We all, we all have our own concept of this is how my life should be. This is how life works. This is how it works. But God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Trust the Lord with the things that you cannot make sense of, whatever that is. It could be a health issue, a problem with your friend, or a relationship issue, or your career, or your finances. If you cannot make sense out of it, trust the Lord with it. Trust Him. And number five, love others. This has been the theme of a U version the past few days. It's always love your enemies. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you love others. Sometimes it's easy to do. Most of the time, look at the person beside you. Most of the time, it's hard 
And you don't have to look far. Just look at your spouse. It's hard to love them. And they will say the same of you, by the way. Right? Many times it's hard. But regardless of any reason that we make up in our minds, which most of the time are lies of the enemy, we live out our citizenship in heaven now by loving others, especially those who persecute you, those who curse you, and those who hurt you. Think of a person, yung naiinis ka palagi. Love that person. Someone who irritates you all the time. Love that person. And you start by looking at your spouse, right? You're together all the time, right? I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. You know, my wife gets mad at me, and I know when she does. And I think, why? What did I do wrong, right? And I feel the same way, and it happens. The hardest people to love sometimes are the people who are closest to us, right? See, Stevie agrees. I vote for that. Amen. <laughs> it's hard, yes. But that is what a citizen of heaven must do. And last but not the least, which I think is very, very important, love yourself. Not in a selfish way. You know what I mean. Who among you have been too hard on yourself this year? A lot of us. We have been too hard on ourselves, right? God loves you so much, He doesn't want you to feel bad about yourself. He actually created you in His own image. He wants you to love yourself just the way He loves you. And you know what that means? It simply means taking care of yourself physically, which I'm guilty of. I've been meaning to exercise for years now and still haven't started. I'm talking to myself there. And of course... Look after your mental health. Not because you're Christian means you're immune to all of this. You know, the Christians that I know of, the strong ones, are the ones who are struggling mentally. Because part of what being a Christian is all about. I don't believe in Christians who walk with big smiles and say, I'm, my life is perfect. No, it's not true. Love yourself. Look after your physical and mental health. Remember, you cannot give what you don't have. If you want to be a light to the people around you, like a city on the hill, you have to glow yourself. You cannot be a light if you're, if you're not glowing. You'll just make things darker for people around you. So six ways on how to worship God with our time. Start your day with the Lord. Pray. And I'm not saying just in the morning or at night. Pray every single moment when you're driving, when you're cooking, when you're, you know, when the kids are crying. Pray, pray, pray. Be thankful, especially for the things that you take for granted. Trust the Lord with all your worries. Love others and love yourself. Today, as Alex said, let us remember that more than anything that seems important to us, it is Jesus that really matters this Christmas. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
can you say to the person beside you, God is with you? I just want to wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas. And I hope you enjoy your time with your family. God bless you all. We'll see you again next week. Merry Christmas. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungahlin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.